So, um, we're in Exodus chapter 2. Um, we won't really be focusing too much on the passage. Um, if you guys come on Sundays, you'll find that we, we actually do Bible studies on this, these passages. I um, mean, just dig deep. Um, and these, these Friday talks are more just um, talking about the application and what this actually means for us. Um, here today. Um, so if you do want to come for Sundays, you'll find us studying the passage that way. Um, yeah, so Gareth started us off last week um, looking at Exodus chapter 1, um, where we kind of saw that even in the battle that we were facing, um, that we are facing just like the Israelites were facing, God still blesses us. They're still the good things. God is still in control. So, the hero's journey. Has anyone any idea what I'm talking about when I say that? The hero's journey. The hero's journey. In what context? In the context of stories. Anyone heard of that ever? Yeah, so... Oh, Marsko. That would be helpful. Thank you. Like, I don't... I haven't heard it specifically, but I could probably guess about what it is. Yes. So the hero's journey is a common story type or story shape that you can see in everything, all the stories humanity has ever made. Um, you can see it in legends and folklore from way back to modern movies and books nowadays. The range literally goes from movies like Star Wars to Shrek to Finding Nemo and from books from Lord of the Rings all the way to even Twilight. The hero's journey just basically follows a hero or heroine um, going through a process of departing from their home or a safe place, going into an unfamiliar world and completing a mission or a quest, and then coming back having learned something having been changed, uh, and I'm pretty sure as I'm saying this, you can think of many, many stories where this just happens over and over again. And here in Exodus, we find a similar sort of story. Um, but it's not the hero's journey. It's rather the salvation journey. Um, and if you were here on Sunday, you'd remember we kind of touched on this, um, where you see that the journey is, starts in slavery to sin, then to being saved by grace, so undeserved salvation, wandering through the wilderness, and then finally, the promised land. That's where it's all heading. So we see in the passage that even before the Israelites did this exodus, followed this journey, Moses did it too. God led Moses through this journey. And when he got almost to the end, he sent him back to lead the people through the journey. And this is the same story that we all actually have. Every single one of us is somewhere in the story. Because the picture of the salvation journey 
actually is the picture of salvation that we find in Jesus. Because we saw in the passage, um, well, in the study that we did on Sunday, that Moses was used by God in many different ways to save the people, to bring them out of slavery under the Pharaoh in Egypt uh, and into the wilderness. But then we also looked at a passage where Moses could not do everything for the, the Israelites. He couldn't do the most important thing and save them from their sin. That place, that role belongs to only one person, and that is Jesus. So we are on this journey. You might be still at the very beginning, and you might not know it. But for those of you who are Christians here and believe in Christ, you are somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you were enslaved like the Israelites, and you've been saved by grace, led out of that slavery. But when you're saved, you're not saved into the promised land. It's not just like a Thanos snap and everything is perfect. We are saved into a wilderness. We are still in hardship. We're still in a broken world. Um, but the key difference is that we are en route to the promised land. And the way that we can actually hope in this world is because we can, first of all, look back on our slavery. And this is not the kind of looking back um, <laughs> that maybe you look back on childhood and say, school was easier than oh, maths. One plus one, I wish I could go back there. That's not the kind of looking back we're talking about here. It's the looking back and seeing the bondage that you're in, the slavery that you're in. Just think of like prison camps in wartime where people are taken in, they are beaten, they are starved, they are mocked. That is actually how sin treats us. The devil just wants to trick us into thinking of many things that are great about it. Freedom. But it is actually slavery. That's the world that we have come from. And you have to look back and then look ahead. Look to perfection. The new heavens and the new earth where literally nothing is wrong. It's everything is amazing. That's the perfection that we are looking forward to. And we are not just in this alone. We are actually walking with God. We are walking with Jesus. And it's not that Jesus walks in front of us or is a good example in this life that we can just follow along the same path as him. The Bible says Jesus is the way. He walks alongside us. He holds us by the hand like a mom leads her little child in a busy shopping mall. <laughs> That's the sort of picture that God just has. He's protective of us, leading us through. And what this means for us is that if we have this hope and we're looking forward and we're looking back, we must travel light. What that means for us 
is that we can't actually hold on to the physical possessions that we have here. We can't hold on to our dreams and aspirations of maybe having that perfect job, that perfect spouse, or different things like that. Just like the Israelites, when they were taken into the wilderness, they were there for 40 years. They couldn't just take everything, like mom's favorite pot or a book collection. And luckily they didn't have phones then. <laughs> but they couldn't take anything. They had to travel light. And the only thing that they actually could bring with them was actually love. And that was love for God and love for others. And what that means for us is it doesn't mean just go and sell everything you have. Um, don't try and find a job. Don't do well at school so that you can actually excel where you are. It means don't hold it close to your heart. Don't make that the main thing. As Black used to always say, make the main thing the main thing. Uh, and this love for God and for others is what keeps it there. The only thing that the Israelites were keeping when they were going into the Promised Land was God, God being with them, God holding on to them, and Jesus with us, and the people that they were with, those who were traveling there. And that is quite a big reminder to all of us. When I think of my heart <laughs> and what I value most can sometimes be my stuff, my dreams, what I want to do, when I want my future to be. And I think you guys can relate to that as well. But we must travel light. And love is the only thing that will carry on for all eternity. <laughs> love is well. It's a cliche, but it's true, especially in this context. And this journey, it shapes you. Because as we walk alongside with Christ, obviously there will be many temptations. Sin will try and grab you down. Um, there can be yeah, so many distractions on the side as we walk through this wilderness. But we need to keep our eyes focused on where we're going, to the promised land, a new heaven and a new earth. And trusting in Christ. And what that means is trusting in him, not putting your trust in yourself or your feelings, your thoughts, but in Christ and being obedient to him. And we won't be able to do this perfectly, but that is the goal and we need to keep on following him and just realize that this life really is a wilderness <laughs> and that by any measure we are not in heaven just yet. We're not in perfection. And this is not all there is. So what we can take from the Israelites um, and their journey, which we share, is travel light, invest in love. That's where you should put your time. Love for God and love for others. And that we should be living in trust and obedience 